Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Unshakable Fit podcast. Today, I interview Gracie DeSantis. We connected through a mutual Facebook group, and once I heard her story, I knew I had to have her on the podcast. She offers a very unique perspective when it comes to health and fitness that I think that you'll be able to relate to. Uh, we get into a lot of different topics with mental health and what fitness and taking care of yourself truly looks like and how it, it can affect and impact your life. So without further ado, here's the interview. I wanted to start a little bit about what you're doing now. So it says you're working as a marketing specialist currently. Is that right? Yeah, so um, I am an, what's called an inbound specialist. Um, it's a lot of B2B marketing um, for an agency called Vi out of Minnesota, actually, of all things. Did you, did you like want to get into marketing or just, did this just kind of happen? Um, it definitely just kind of happened. I did not actually want to get into marketing. I had a background in publishing. That was kind of my dream and, you know, made it up to New York. I was accepted into the NYU program and everything and then life happens. And I ended up getting a job back home at another little agency startup. And that kind of paved the way for a new path. So I mean, are you are you pretty happy currently with where you're at with that kind of stuff? I, I think so. It I think it depends a lot on the company. I have had several jobs in the marketing industry now. And, you know, it's a really easy job to be I hate to say the word but abused. <laughs> okay. um, and, you know, I've had some really terrible experiences with Coworkers and bosses who just like were insane. And this new company is very culture forward and it's given me a lot of just like peace and I love working for them. So I can do other things in my free time that I finally have. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. I feel like that's kind of hard to find nowadays, honestly. You, you said you're running your own media marketing LLC right now. Is that right? Yeah. So I just started it. Um, it's called Within and Without Media. It's a bit of everything. So I actually started it because I have a dream of getting back into publishing and I'm going to be launching a literary magazine soon. Um, so basically what I do is use my freelancing through that LLC, just helping clients with you know social media, email marketing, what have you. And then that funds the passion project. Okay. Okay. And then the passion project is saying you're, is the uh, literary magazine, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I don't know anything about that. So what, what does that mean? Like, what is a literary magazine? Yeah. So it's kind of a artsy fartsy world of writing for lack of a better word, um, where, you know, aspiring or published writers, they'll put together usually short stories and poetry and they'll submit it out to a bunch of different magazines, publications. A lot of them are online. Um, and then you make a magazine out of it. So it's just like a collection of stories. Okay. Okay. Now, do you yourself, are, are you just wanting to kind of like house it and use like a, a just be running the magazine or do you want to, do you like to contribute to it? Do you write your own short stories? Do you write your own stuff like that? Uh, poetry or anything like that? Yeah. So I am a published short story writer and poet. However, I don't think it would be super simpatico to be publishing my own works in no my stuff. own magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more so geared to give debut writers those who haven't been published before a chance to kind of shine okay that's awesome i like that uh okay and then now i just kind of want to go back to the beginning of things because uh, as i was reading what you were uh, uh written down it sounded like you struggled a lot at the like in high school with criticism with people commenting and talking to you about your weight or whatever it is 
and you're also talking about your own mental health that came along with that. What was that like for you? Like what, how, how, how did you navigate that at that age? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to be a bigger girl <laughs> as much as it, you know, sounds, it sounds cliche these days, but you know, when you grow up, and your best friends are track stars and you know rock climbers and you've always been active but you just don't match the same appearance and though i was never outwardly bullied by anyone in school or any of my peers um i was very fortunate in that and i also went to like a lot of like the, like magnet schools they call them specialty centers here like nerd schools so <laughs> everyone was kind of nerdy and <laughs> looking a little funk so <laughs> it was a little bit of a different situation than the jungle of middle school and high school, um, but definitely more in my home life, got a lot more of that. And, you know, it takes a toll on you, especially as you get into be a young woman and, you know, the media doesn't help. You're fed all of these beautiful images and these beautiful stories. And I think what happens is you just start to doubt your competency in a lot of different areas of your life. And, you know, when it comes to romance and even your career, you know, you don't want to be the fat girl at the conference table because um, people will have a stigma about that. So it definitely just affects the way you perceive yourself and your confidence and what you think you're able to do. And then also too, you're talking about like, at some point you realized that you wanted to start taking care of your mental health, i.e. like going through just eating a little bit healthier. It says you went to like yoga twice a day, like stuff like that. Like what what shifted that? Like, so like what happened that made you realize that you need to start taking care of your mental health and this is the way to do it? Yeah, I think it came down to, um, I mean, I had gone away to college. It was my junior year. I started really getting into yoga and then senior year, I was kind of like, all right, we need to make a pretty drastic change in our life. I think it's a combination of being faced with, you know, that great beyond of like, there's all this possibility, you know, I'd been accepted into this awesome grad school. I wanted that to be a really amazing experience, but also just dealing with the stress of being a high achieving college student, you know, it really starts to wear you down and, you know, your thoughts get all muddled and nasty on the inside. And it got to a point where, you know, I was surrounded by friends. I was in an environment that facilitated it. I was an RA in college. So I got my room and board and all my meals paid for at the, um, the dining hall and they had like a healthy haven, like little section of it. Nice. So okay. it was the best opportunity, free gym membership. I had more time than ever before. And I don't remember what exactly it was that was like, you need to start doing this. But I just remember I wasn't happy with the world that my internal brain had become. And I was just ready to start that new chapter of my life. You know, I was graduating college soon and I wanted that to be beautiful. Okay. I like that. So it's kind of more of like the future was on your mind. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. And then from there, it says that you got a very good like opportunity at NYU, right? Mm -hmm. I had, yeah, I had gotten into house. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So I had gotten into um, graduate school at the NYU publishing program, which is, I mean, it's the Devil Wears Prada lifestyle. You know what I mean? It's yeah. in publishing, you know, <laughs> that's where you go. You go to NYU and, you know, you're in the midst of it. And I had been given one of the very few scholarships that they had given out. And I um, got a job working at a publishing house that hires exclusively from NYU. So on paper, everything was like set and ready to go. And I was so excited. And it really was a testament of 
you can do things. You are not held back in this way or that way. You can achieve this world that you want. And when I say beautiful, I don't mean aesthetically beautiful. I mean, you know, rich and bountiful and everything is, is possible and let's do it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you were there for how long? I was in New York from June to December. It wasn't very long at all. So about six months. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, from what you said, a lot of stuff happened in a very short amount of time. Yes. And from about August, I had some, like, fam- there were some family health concerns. I was seeing someone who had met someone else. I had some home, some health concerns of my own. Um, and then I just had some really unfortunate instances happen, you know, on the subway that weren't very cool of society. <laughs> so. Nice it was time to time, time to leave and kind of find peace elsewhere. Okay. And then, uh, through that, I mean, obviously I'm sure that took a huge toll just on your, the, the mental side of things. And then yeah, it's, it's something that I'm still working through all these years later. Okay. Well, and then, like you said, like whenever you first moved to New York, it was kind of like, I can do this. Like the, it was, it was opening up for you what like after those six months where where was your mental state from that it wasn't good so um interestingly enough you know between a mix of some of the i had some hormone problems that were going on um as a result to like a really bad like birth control and then i wasn't eating because i couldn't keep it down and then the stress and the anxiety of just what was going on and so when i I had to move back with my parents. So I remember sitting in my old childhood bedroom thinking like, what else is there for me? You know, this, that beautiful world I had looked for was gone. So um, mentally it was not a, not a good place to be. And, and I think the harder part of it was not dealing necessarily with, you know, trying to get my health back on track um, or, you know, realizing that, you know, I am physically safe now and coming to terms with, you know, the, PTSD that came from that, but realizing that that dream was gone, at least as it was then, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Gosh, I can't imagine, <laughs> man. Six months, just a whole, just everything was like a 180. Yeah, it was. And it actually happened between, um, like I said, at the beginning of the semester. So late August and November, and I forced myself to go back and finish the semester because I do not quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's- Okay, good good for you. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Uh okay. So then from okay, so you went back. Uh, oh, okay. So then okay, so after those 6 months you said you you went back with the parents just for a little bit and then you went back to finish the semester. Yeah, so I came home for cuz we're following like the school calendar. Went home for Thanksgiving. It was a, just a broken piece of human. Um and then went back and finished the semester because, you know, I'd invested so much in this. I owed it to myself to at least do that. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and then at the end of the fall semester, I put what I had in, in storage and kind of ate the rent because New York apartment, you're not going to find, <laughs> you're not going to get out of a lease on a sublet and yeah. move back into my childhood bedroom, took the Greyhound back and had to start all over. Okay. So 
how long is it like so what what year is this like what what's what's the timeline from that into now yeah so i graduated college in 2017 okay so it is now 2022 so it was at almost five years this fall if my math is correct okay (laughs) (laughs) so okay so it's been five years now so from that point when you like just kind of came back from that and having to realize like in your head, right. You're just like, I'm having to like start over and build something new now. How, where, where did you start? Like, how did that, like, what, what were the steps that you took to kind of get yourself back into, into going again? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing was just honestly, like getting outside. I had a very, she's still my very dear sweet friend who was actually my high school English teacher of all things who, Uh reached out and saw that I was back, didn't really know what had happened. Um, I was like, Hey, let's get coffee. And then it developed into this friendship and this like true trust and honesty. And she's an avid hiker. She does the Appalachian trail every now and then. Um, and yeah, we, I remember we did like a writer's retreat where we booked a little cabin out in the state park and we just hiked and it was so good to be out in the fresh air and and just start getting back to things, getting the, the Y membership, the YMCA that I went to in high school, just getting, getting things back together and realizing, hey, I have this opportunity, turning, turning what could have been a really sad situation into an opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay, that's awesome. Well, good for your English teacher, man. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Who would have thought, you know? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's so funny. Like, I don't know what age it was for you, but uh, like it was probably 20, maybe 23, 24 for me. Like is whenever I started realizing, like I started seeing my parents as like people and not parents, you know, yep. and, like teachers, <laughs> they're, they're just people. They're not just teachers, you know, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that was a weird like switch in my head. I was just like, wow, it's crazy. They have their own they, like, they used to be my age they would probably they went through probably the same stuff I did like I know this we, we're the same <laughs> yeah, right that's so weird all right so now with your mental health and and everything what um because I mean a lot of people I mean a lot of people struggle with that you know yeah. um and not just from I mean just just from all facets right especially whenever COVID hit and oh yeah Right. And we're all still working from home. Like a majority of people are still working from home. And I think um, a lot of people, it was hard for them to, or even still is to then wrap their head around how to take care of their mental health from just being cooped up all the time. You know, I talk to people that uh, do that. I mean, I have, I have some clients that still just work out from home and they still work from home. And like, we were, we'll talk and I'll be like, so how was your weekend? And they'd be like, well, I tried to make sure I got out for a walk today, or, you know, on Saturday, you know, or else I wasn't going to leave the house at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, so like for your mental health, like you're saying that just getting outside and walking uh, and hiking and just doing that and reconnecting, I guess with nature per se, and just getting out there and doing something was a good uh, change for you. What, what else really contributed to that? Uh, so I think yoga 
like I said, really helped. There was a time where I was going, again, I had a free membership in college and I picked it back up at the Y and, and started to remember what I had learned and, you know, do asanas on my back porch, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, yoga is not about being stretchy and wearing cute pants. It's about learning to, I mean, it comes from a Sanskrit word to mean, which means to extinguish, you know, just letting everything go and being able to sit there and be really connected to your body, I think is like the first step because mental health just, it's like a hamster wheel, like for, at least for me with anxiety and depression and, and PTSD, running things through your head over and over and over again. And then you get kind of just wrapped in this ball of yarn and being able to just like stretch your body, feel the ground through your sit bones, you know, breathe in air can make a world of a difference. And, you know, I started going to a little yoga studio here in Richmond, um, shout out to yoga source <laughs> and they were really awesome. And I have found that throughout life, we all have these ups and downs, you know, COVID, what happened to me in my past, you know, deciding to just, you know, leave the troubles of being a teenager behind when I was in college. And, you know, even today when I have, you know, stressful job situations, um, you, you move your body, just get connected to your body. And I think that helps you kind of get connected to your soul and escape that trapped feeling, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes total sense. I, uh, I mean, there's, there's days where I'm just like, like, cause like for me, like my mind will just go, you know? So like, it's hard for me to just sit down sometimes and, and do exactly what you were just talking about. And so like for me to actually just slow down and just breathe, like I have to do that first thing in the morning. Oh yeah. You know? Cause like, if it wasn't, if, if it's not first thing in the morning, like if I already get my day started and it's already like two hours into the day, it is so hard for me to do that. Cause my mind just is going like, well, Jesse, you need to go do this. You need to go do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just taking that moment to like be calm. And I think that sets a really strong foundation because my walks through the neighborhood became running and the running provided this rhythm and, and I had never been very good at running before. And all of a sudden I can do five K's and I'm like, wait, where did this come from? And then you start to get that power back in that breath and you feel lighter and you feel like you can depend on yourself again. I, I love, I love what you just said. It feels like you can depend on yourself again. I think that, that I love that that's great because I think that, cause we were just talking about this before we started recording this, but like, we were talking about how like a lot of people will start, uh, well, yeah, yoga, for example, right? You touched on that. It's not just about being cute in these yoga pants and, and all these things and carrying around your little, you know, mats and getting all the different <laughs> designs. You know, it's, it's all about what you were just talking about, slowing down and feeling and, and connecting. And I think a lot of the, the, uh, the, the fitness sides of things, because whenever you say fitness, a lot of people think of like running or going to the gym, right? Yeah. But there's so many other facets of fitness, um, that can contribute to your mental health. And I think uh, the biggest thing is what you were just saying. It, 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 it almost teaches you that you, you are dependable. You are going out and doing these things. You are connecting with yourself and you are, you're there. You are a strong human being. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how else to say that. It's, um, it's so true. I know when, um, you know, when we were chatting a little bit before recording, I had mentioned how, you know, working in marketing, there was, um, I had some bosses who were kind of, I don't know if you allow any cursing, but kind of a-holes, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. assholes and, and they, and that can really affect your life, especially when you're like very career driven. 
and being able to go to the gym. And that's when I actually started taking a women on weights class at the good old YMCA. And, you know, having been, you know, gone through what I did in New York, which, you know, was a, I wouldn't say violent, but definitely a very scary situation with a strange man on the subway, you know, being able to say like, oh, I am powerful now. And it, so it just builds on it. It's I'm peaceful. I am strong. I'm capable. I'm powerful. And that just all starts to build. Cause when you're sitting there, doing deadlifts. I mean, nobody, you know, you will fight anybody that comes up to you. You know, you are not afraid. <laughs> fight yourself if you need to, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, especially with deadlifts, man. Like, yeah, that you have to get a different mindset when it comes to those lifts. So true. Oh my gosh. Now, um, one of the things that you were talking about too, was whenever you were going through all of this, there was a lot of, um, emotional, um, or emotions tied to your eating, right? Because I think a yeah. lot of people struggle with that, right? Emotional eating, oh, emotional yeah. binging. Um, so, and it said that you worked with uh, your therapist and, your, and a dietitian to help work through some of that. Um, yeah. So what, um, how did that look for you? So like, what were you going through, like looking at uh, healing that process? Yeah, I mean, it started with, I think COVID was a big, COVID plus some work situations, you know, I, I'm a stress eater. I have been since college, you know, we're kind of trained to find comfort in those, you know, delicious little things. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I was like binging like way too often during COVID. Cause what else were you going to do, but watch Goodfellas and eat an entire bag of Doritos, you know, like, <laughs> what are you, what are you going to do? Um, and at the time I had started seeing a really awesome therapist. I call her my bitch, Teresa, love her. Um, and she partners with, a diet, a registered dietitian, and that was covered by my insurance. So after going to therapy for a little while um, and getting to a place where, you know, like I said, that foundation was set again and I could start working on my eating habits rather than just, you know, this spiraling massive anxiety and depression, <laughs> um, met up with her and she's very much about intuitive eating. So it's a lot of the science of metabolism, but also like, I remember one of the first things she told me was, I want you to have Doritos for every single meal. She's like, have just one serving, but have them for every single meal. And, and when you do binge, like really, really enjoy it. Don't feel guilty and, and understand that there are going to be days when you come home from work and you're on the verge of tears and you're going to eat an entire bag of Doritos, you know, it's, it's coming to terms with, you know, you have this like ancient monkey brain inside you that is just trying to survive. And for me, seeing it that way and being able to say like, I have gotten myself this far and I've accomplished so many things it helps me like regain that mindset of that beautiful future. You know what I mean? And so it's rather than being like, I'm disgusting. I'm ugly. This is gross. No one, whatever, you know, it's like, okay, little, little self, let's do something better for you. And I think, I mean, it comes back to working out too. Self-care is not about taking bubble baths and watching the moon, you know, self-care is about doing hard things you don't want to do because you want to do better by yourself. Mm, that was good. I like that. Because <laughs> that's so you're right. That's so true. Because whenever you whenever people think about self care, they go like, you know, I'll get a massage or yeah, I'll go do a bubble bath or something that's, that's comforting. Exactly. Right? And those yeah. things are important, but they're not going to get you anywhere. That's exactly Yeah, it might make you feel better about the situation, but it's not going to change it. Correct. Um, okay. And I really liked what your dietitian was talking about with the food because um, I think one of the biggest things with, with, uh, with what media does and like how we're trained to think, right. is like, 
like like label right we label like mm -hmm. these bad foods like that's yes. bad so like every time we do it we just feel guilty like i don't know how many times i talk to people and they're just like they'll they'll, they'll have a a piece of toast and they're just <laughs> like i know i know that was bad i shouldn't have had that i was like what what are you talking about <laughs> it's toast right. yeah that that was really hard was like to see food and, and it's something that is still probably one of the biggest roadblocks as i continue my journey of life is that food is morally ambiguous and your eating habits have nothing to do with you as a, like a human being and, and your worth. And that was really hard. She would, I mean, she would take my weight, but she would ask if I wanted to see it. And I always did, but it got to the point where I was like, maybe I don't want to see it. Cause I don't really care. How do I, am I not wanting a nap at two o'clock every day? Cause I, all I had was an energy drink and like, who knows, you know, it was, yeah it was a good way to kind of approach it and, you know, for tailoring it to your own experience, you know, calorie counting, you know, I've done the, my fitness app and, and all those things, which are great for some people, but for me, I get obsessive about them. And so being able to say like, Hey, we're not going to look at that. You know, if it's green, it doesn't count things like that, where it just makes it human and easy. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great point, right? Like um, so many people think that there is just, one way of doing things right like you have to you have to calorie count right or you know you have to go uh do hit training you know or you have to go do this or you have to go do that you have to do intermittent fasting you know you have to do this or whatever like that's the th that's the golden ticket but yeah. in reality yeah exactly it, it all is well no like let's talk like what is it that you're like first what's your goal what what's your past what have you been struggling with and like, if you have some obsessive tendencies, probably tracking your food is not good. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just going to add on to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because like, I'll, I'll get to that point too, sometimes with like tracking my food. Like I haven't, I'll track off and on. Like if I don't have a goal that I'm specifically trying to reach, um, I don't necessarily track. Because like for me, if I want to gain weight, I have to track. Cause my yeah. body does not like to eat that much food. Um, yeah. it just doesn't. So like, it's, it's easier for me to do other things without tracking, but it it's exhausting to do that. It is. Um, it is. especially, especially if you miss a day or something like that, you feel so guilty and you feel like you've just messed up everything. Yeah. It's, it's hard to regain that. I mean, I'm, I'm a very, in my work life too, I'm very process oriented, very perfectionist. And like, it, it, like you said, if I miss a day, in my fitness pal, oh no, everything is ruined. It's derailed. Where rather if you just learn like, okay, I know like a cheese stick is good. I'll have a cheese stick and you know, whatever it may be. Um, just making it work for your real life. Otherwise it's not going to work long term. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yep. Making it work for, yeah, your real life. That's exactly right. Cause I think, cause some, some people will always like ask questions about like, what's the best tips for weight loss or what's the best tips for muscle building or whatever. It's just like, well, what can you see yourself doing forever? You yeah, know, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Like, <laughs> are you going to be able to run three miles every single day before you want to just like cheese grate your forehead? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, exa that's exactly that's exactly right. Um, yes, that's exactly right. Because um, some people will just be like, like, there's this one guy that um, I talked to just for a little bit, and he was talking about how there's this. I'd never heard of it until he mentioned it. There's this thing called a military diet. And mm -hmm. there's like two days out of the week that he eats like one apple in the morning and then like 
uh, like I'm just I'm gonna mix things up like two cheese yeah. sticks for lunch and then like a turkey breast or whatever something for dinner and I'm just like okay well let's calculate this that's about a thousand calories um and all this I was like so can you and I looked at him I said can you do that forever <laughs> <laughs> can you have turkey breast and two cheese sticks no right. I was like can, I you, <laughs> can you do that forever and he looks at me he goes like maybe I go no you can't no. <laughs> lies <laughs> right exactly that now you just now you're just trying to be right right now <laughs> so uh but yeah i'm yeah i'm glad uh i'm glad you're saying that um and then okay so currently so we're kind of talking about you know we're, we're working our way up to current um currently how does all of that look how does you know your relationship with food look how does like your your uh the fitness aspect of things like how does that still play a role in your life yeah so I kind of see it. I see my, my fitness and I'll, for lack of a better word, I don't really like the term diet eating habits, probably better there you word go. say, yeah. um, as it's very similar to like mental health. Like I know that I am going to live the rest of my life with anxiety and depression, but I also know that I owe it to myself to, to go to the doctor, to take my meds, to like get outside and breathe air and do those things. So I see health and fitness, this, physical health and fitness the same way, you know, I'm going to have to do this, you know, I've got, you know, PCOS, I'm going to have to maybe work harder than, you know, one of my really fit best friends who's rock climbing because of insulin resistance and all this kind of thing. So, but understanding that it's never going to be done really helps kind of break that like cycle of like, I feel like I have to get to this point and then this point, but just knowing that it's self-care is not an iterative process. It's a cycle that never ends, if that makes mm. sense. Oh yeah. I mean, hundred percent. It's the, yeah. um, I forget who I was listening to, but there's these fitness people I was listening to and they were talking about how everyone starts with some sort of goal, right? Like I want to lose 30 pounds or I want to gain 20 pounds of muscle, whatever it is. And they say, usually when you get to that goal, then you're just like, well, what now? You know, then you kind of realize like you might start slipping now because you have nothing to pursue. And they're just talking about how the, you have to fall in love with the process of it. You have to fall it's, in love yeah. with exactly what you're talking about. Like it's, it's for you. It's, this is, this is forever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had that same experience when I was in college going to yoga twice a day. Like, I don't think I ate a carb for an entire semester. Not saying that that was a healthy way of doing that by any means. I have since learned better, but you know, I got down to a, a quote unquote goal weight that I mm. felt happy at. And then like a week later, right back like it's going like the numbers are climbing back up because I had gotten there and so it's kind of like what's 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 next you know but if you think of it as you know I'm I am taking care of this house this meat house that I live in you know then you know, <laughs> meat <you're> gonna, <laughs> it's true. you know it'll be a longer term thing <laughs> oh I love that okay uh something just popped in my head so uh we're talking about and you you you've brought this up several times is basically like seeing value in yourself so that you then start investing into yourself. And I think a lot of people actually struggle with just seeing value in themselves. Um, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you like, what, uh, what helped you get past that threshold? Right. Cause I, people talk about that, right? Like you need to invest into yourself. It'll make you feel better and all this stuff, but there's still that little, blockade that some people just it's hard for them to push past to see that value to then put them into action like what 
what helped you get past that? Honestly, getting to rock bottom and then having no option to start with, you know, and I think that gave me this valuable lesson in life because like I said, life has ups and downs. There's always going to be times where I'm like madly crazy depressed and like, just because of whatever's going on. I mean, that's just how life is. And just knowing that I'm not like going to the gym or whatever, like lifting just for a specific example, I'm not going to feel empowered until after I've done the thing. Mm. And the anxiety about, oh, who's going to be looking at me at the gym? Do I have the right clothes? Do I remember how to do it? Is someone judging my form? Like all of those will disappear as soon as you do it. That's how I got back into horseback riding. I'd, I'd been horseback riding since I was seven years old and, you know, never did any shows or anything. I wasn't very good at it. And college was way worse than all the other girls who showed and like went and competed in everything. I just wanted to be with a horse for an hour once a week. And lately, now that, you know, I have the funds to do so, I've picked horseback riding back up again. And it was very scary. And it's a, and I treat that as exercise rather than a hobby because I think it is very physically enduring or grueling. And I was terrified. I was like, honestly terrified, even though it was something I loved. But as soon as I like got off the saddle after the first ride, I was like, oh yeah, I just did it and I'll do it again and I'll get better and I'll keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yep. I think you're, yeah, you're nail on the head right there. Cause it is, it's absolutely like, don't, like I, I think of it this way, right? Like people will talk about like, get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the more, I mean, the more you do it, right. The more, like the more you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, the more that you understand the value of it, because I don't think we ever truly become comfortable being uncomfortable. I just think we understand the value of it, which helps us push past that feeling of not wanting to do it. It's so true. I mean, it, it reminds me of, I love the show Bojack Horseman. And it reminds me of the one scene where he like, I don't remember why he's doing it, but he's running in the valley somewhere like uphill. And there's that, I think it's like a baboon that like runs back and forth every day. And he like passes out and he's like, it gets easier. You have to do it, but it will get easier. And that's like exactly what happens. Just learning how to know that you'll be okay. And I think a lot of that ties into mental health, you know, especially when you have anxiety, depression, and like I said, PTSD and ASD and all those things that get even worse you have seen very, very bad places in your life. And that looks different for everyone and everything is equally valid, but you've seen bad things and you're so afraid of that happening to you again, that it can stop you from taking that next step forward. But what I have tried to learn, you know, through lots of therapy is you did it before and you'll do it again. And this time it will be easier because you have already been across that terrible, scary plane. Okay. Um, I think uh, I think that's kind of all I had actually. I think that was it. Okay, cool. That was uh, <laughs> no. I mean, that was good. I, I mean, we could keep, just keep talking about like the the, the value and uh, and going through being uncomfortable and stuff like that. Because I I just think that in terms of like uh, being in your twenties, like I was talking to my friend about this. So uh, my friend he is thirty two, and um, and we were talking about this, and I was saying about like as we're growing up, like it's teenagers, right? Like we're like our twenties, twenties are going to be great. And people are telling you that, right? Like the twenties were the best time of my life, all this stuff. And now that like, I'm, cause I'm 28. Now that I'm like at the end of my twenties, I'm realizing <laughs> the twenties were not like amazing. They're a learning, like that decade is a learning experience. You know, it is, that is 100% <laughs> true. And that's what 
I have a little brother who's um, <clears throat> 23 tomorrow, actually, and he's he's getting into that point where you think you become an adult once you like for girls it's like once you grow boobs and wear a bra you're an adult you know what i mean like yep. but there's a lot a lot of learning that happens between like 18 and 25 that really makes you a grown competent person like i, I whenever i like hang out with people who are a little bit younger and i'm like mm, you know not what you know and what you don't know i'm like just wait hunty like it'll be like you'll get there you know and you especially see that even in in folks our age i'm 26 those who have been, you know, it's, it's no fault of their own, but their parents maybe have sheltered them a little mm. bit more. You know what I mean? Not that there's yep. anything wrong with that, but you can kind of see that in their personality and they have what I call the LeBron year that usually is like 23. For me, it was 23. You know, it hits them at, you know, 26, 27, 28. And it just, it hits everyone. You got to do it eventually. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Cause I'll, I, um, I have a few clients that are like 18. They're pretty young. They're about to, they're about to graduate, go off to college. And so we'll just have conversations. And I'm in my head, I'm just like, Oh man, to be 18 again, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, and having that mindset and having those views and, and thinking you had everything figured out in life. And <laughs> oh, I know it's crazy to look back. <laughs> well, I just remember too. I think I was, I think my LeBron year was like 22 or 23. Cause I remember talking to like my parents, like going over to their house and like talking about like all these things that like all these things I'm going to accomplish in the past, like in the, in the next two years and, yeah. and all these things <laughs> and, and like the mindset part of things and I've got it figured out and you know, you just view it this way and it'll be okay. And, and all this. And now I'm like at this age, I'm just like, man, like, I mean, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but I just had yeah. such unrealistic, I guess, un uh, expectations or, or just a, a perspective on it. It's so true. I have so many female friends who, and it's, it's not quite the fifties idea of like, Oh, I'm going to have a husband and two and a half kids. And, but there's still that idea that exists in, in the female mentality where it's like by 25, I'm going to be waiting for an engagement. You know what I mean? We're picking out houses and you, you know, baby is on the way in two years, you know, whatever it may be. And, but that's not, especially in our modern world, that's just not how it works sometimes. And you just gotta, you know, drink a white claw on your way to work once in a while and deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, That's I think we've so, all been there, you know? So true. <laughs> it's, and it's okay. Like, your dream, if there's anything I've learned, I mean, in the last year, like, I had to drop out of what I thought was the gateway to my dream in publishing. And I was like, everything is set. But over all of the learnings I've had in the past five years, I believe two things, like, things come around and also when the universe speaks, listen. And, you know, now that I'm getting back into the publishing world where I would have had to like hustle really hard to get to as like an executive editor of a literary magazine, it all works out as long as you, you know, work for it and like, just keep trying it. It'll come around. That's right. That's, that, that's another thing we get on too, is like the, the instant gratification model that we've grown up on um, mm -hmm. that now, like when we get into the real world, that is not how it works. That is so true. And I think even though I'm so guilty of it and I don't claim to be a neuroscientist in any way, but especially with, you know, the smartphone in our hands all the time, that is, TikTok is a great example. Just that constant, is it dopamine? I don't know what it is, but you're not going to want to do anything else. It's training you to like want to just sit there and scroll. Yeah. Like that's probably been my biggest uh, hurdle uh, is doing like, is, is just relying on the delayed onset gratification instead of just this this instant thing. Like I want it to happen in a day. 
you know? Yeah. Like I want, I want everything. (laughs) No, it it won't even happen in a year. Probably. (laughs) Let's let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when I lost all that weight in college, I lost about 20 pounds and about from January to spring breaks about three months. And now I look back and I'm like, man, if I could lose 20 pounds in three months, I'd be so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's probably, yeah. And I think that's just about everything in life, not even in health and fitness. Yeah. I mean, just in career wise and, oh yeah, and and everything. Yeah. Like that, it takes time. You just got to put in the work daily and be consistent and just keep showing up and Mm -hmm. things will happen. Yeah. Consistency. That's, that's something that has been really hard for me. I've been, again, being a perfectionist, wanting it now, wanting to strive, wanting to hustle, understanding that it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be at 100% of like success every day. As long as things are moving forward, that's all that matters. Yep. Um, that's So I am a, uh, I, I guess I didn't really think I was too much of a perfectionist until I started like my own business and doing all that stuff because mm-hmm. like I will wait, like I would just be like, cause like I'll have friends that ask me, they're like, Jesse, I thought you were going to, you know, do this or put this out. I'm like, well, I have it, but like, it's just not ready yet, you know? Yes. <laughs> And so they're yes. just like, dude, it is ready. Just put it out there. I was Let's like, do the thing. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't sympathize <laughs> with that. It's, I mean, it took me, I've had this idea for my current business, which I only, I like just signed the paperwork with like the state trade commission or whatever in February, end of February. And I could have done that years ago <laughs> in all honesty, <laughs> you know, but I didn't. And, you know, then, you know, you just got to do things. Exactly. One of the, one of the biggest things that helped me was one of, uh, one of my friends told me, he said, um, he said, how are, what did, how, how did he phrase it? He's basically the consumer would tell you what's not perfect about it. And then you can change it. And exactly. You're not, not going to know. As a, as a marketer, I'm all about like, that's one thing is, is learning to optimize. Like I get decision paralysis. I used to, especially when I was like just starting out my career, I was like, well, what's going to be the right choice? Like, what do I do? And I'm like, <laughs> If I just make a reasonable guess, I can optimize later and it'll be even better because now I'll feel so confident in that next decision. That's yeah, that, that's a good one. There you go. Optimize it. I like that. I think that's really it, Gracie. I really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you coming on and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's, it's been awesome. I've, um, I've done like work for podcasts in the background, but I've never actually like listened in on like on an actual recording or been on one so it's very cool thank you for the opportunity of course yeah it was fun having you on um well do you have any plugs or anything like that social media wise or website wise or anything for your uh, for your magazine that you want to say um it's going to be within and without magazine um everything else to be decided <laughs> but okay. out eventually um we're building the site right now and um so it'll be within without magazine.com unless something wonky happens, but, and then all the social channels will be linked there. So. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, Grace, I think we'll end it here. And um, once again, I appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.